Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, let's go right out to Arrowhead and hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Um, uh, again, I was proud of him. So, anyways, with that, a good, good win uh, to get. And we're obviously deep into Cincinnati. We've been working on them since early this morning and um we'll get we'll get ready for them going forward here so anyways with that uh, time's yours let's go first to herbie top go ahead, herbie hey coach good afternoon hope you had a right. good night's sleep at least yeah hey on specifically to sky Moore. um you said we'll see where we go from there and i'm understanding that Kadarius tony is still dealing with the hamstring with cole hardman on injured reserve how much do you see uh justin watson as your short-term fix until you're able to get those guys back yeah justin again um he looked like he caught the ball fairly easy back there and comfortable uh we'll see we'll see i haven't met with tobe on it yet but um we'll see where we go moving forward with it but he seemed pretty uh, uh he seemed to be a pretty good catcher back there let's go next to adam teicher go ahead adam Hey, Andy, um, a couple things. First, um, the Skymore's fumbles have been a problem, but only one problem on special teams this year. Can you sort of talk about what, what's going on on special teams and why maybe you haven't been as sharp this year as you've been in past years? And uh, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we had the fake on us. This time is our second time we've had one, which is true. Um uh, obviously, but uh, we anticipated that happening and worked on it. It just, they, they got us. Um, I, listen, Adam, I, I think when you, one great learning place for the players, especially the young players, is to put them on special teams. Um, and then you just continually progress uh, and get better as the season goes on. Um, there, there are going to be some some early issues as we go here. And then um, you hope that it, it continues to pick up as, as we go forward. So uh, that's, that's where we're at right now. Okay. And I wanted to um, get your thoughts on Ronald Jones from yesterday's game. I know he didn't play a lot, but when he was in there, what's your thought about how he, uh, what he gave you? Yeah, listen, I thought he, he ran hard. Um, I think his, he, he had a lot of energy going and, and uh, was, Everything was fast, it looked like, to him, uh, but he was productive. Uh, he had some good, strong, strong runs. He caught the ball well uh, when he had the opportunity to do that and had, had a big gain there. So, um, yeah, no, I thought, I thought for the first time coming in, I thought he did, did well. 
Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. Hey, Coach. I know, I know there's no new information on the, the new injuries, but I was just curious about Kadarius, just considering he's had hamstring issues in the past. Are you guys being a little bit more cautious um, in bringing him back, and do you have an optimism level for him potentially just getting back in the mix this week? Yeah, so he's working hard at getting back, um, and we are being cautious with it. Um, and, and we'll just we'll see how he does this week uh, as we as we go forward with it. But <clears throat> we're going to try not to bring him back and then have any setbacks after that. Uh, we don't want to go through that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll just see how it goes. Probably Pete is probably I'd tell you day to day, and we'll just see where he's at. Let's go next to Aaron Ladd. Go ahead, Aaron. Coach, I remember Frank telling us in training camp that you all are both L.A. boys and y'all sat down and had a conversation at the end of last year that basically culminated to we think you're a better player than what you put on tape. What have you seen him come in and do this year, especially uh, with a new mindset? Yeah, I think he's he's been on a mission to, um, you know, to to play well. And I, I think that's what's taking place. I mean, he's relentless and <clears throat> he's got a great attitude. Um, so I, I think he's, you know, he's back to the Frank that we, we you know, we saw in that first year and, um, and maybe even a little better. So, he, but he's playing very well, I think. <clears throat> Go next to Seren Petro. Good, Seren. Um, and Brad, I'll, I'll have a follow-up. Uh, Coach, where, I mean, you've had great success with special teams here and, and in your career. Dave is, you know, arguably the best that's ever been. Have you ever seen it go this wrong and did you have any is this a roster hey we we had to you know churn through we're missing dan Sorensen. we're you know are there are there any reasons why it seems that there have been so many issues that when your guys track record says that this this really shouldn't happen yeah i think saran i think we're you know we're playing a number of young guys and you know we're, we're anticipating things to get better we've gotten better in some areas so um we'll just we'll, we'll keep working through it um as far as the returner thing goes, I've been through that before. Uh, again, I, I don't, I'm not going to put that on Sky. We've asked him to uh, learn that and, and go in there and do it. And, um, you know, we gave him a second chance to do it and it, it didn't work out as well as we hope, but um, we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll get it right. And Dave, he's as good as there is. So we'll get it, get things straightened out there. On, on the subject of Sky Moore, I mean, obviously you, you feel like you know him pretty well when you go through the whole draft process and now had a chance to coach him and everything. He, he bounced back. You know, he, he seemed to really want to show the emotion. He, he had some good catches and everything. Do you know that that's how we bounce back? Is there a fear that, hey, if, if this gets out of hand, we could maybe lose this guy. He loses his confidence. Maybe it becomes a thing catching the ball. Did you have any fear on that front after you saw that punt go through his hands? Well, listen, I, he was he was upset. Um at himself. And, uh, and so you never know. I mean, until you get the guy here, we'd heard that he was a competitive kid, but you don't know until you stick him in front of 70,000 people in the national football league at the highest level that how, how they're going to respond. And so, um, you know, I, I was proud of him for, uh, for stepping right up and, and going I mean, it's like I said, he had some nice plays for us there. Looks like we've got three more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Sam. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, I wanted to ask you about the, uh, the the touchdown that Travis scored on. 
How much of that route is exactly how it appeared in the play and how much of that is just him deciding improv improvisation there? Yeah, the route was uh, when he caught it and ran it, the route, it was what was drawn up uh, um, after the catch. Now he came back across the field. So that um, that was all him. Thanks, Andy. Yep. Let's go next to Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Andy, hope you're doing well. A couple of questions for you. One, not just Sky, but all the rookies, because, you I mean, you're dealing with 10 of them from the jump, you know, as we get to the midpoint of the season here. How have you, how did you and the coach staff dealt with those conversations just with them, just to keep their confidence going, knowing that it's getting into the nitty gritty now and where it counts in November, December? And I'll have a follow up, Brad. Yeah, so I've, I've been real happy with their improvement um, on the offensive, defensive side, uh, special teams with, you know, in most cases there. So um, I, uh, I I would just tell you that the things we've told them is just keep, keep going, keep pushing forward. Um, if there's a, if there's a mistake in there, learn from it and let's get back on and, and go and let's not have it, you know, shake your confidence in that area. So um, I think they've done a good job of that. And also the, the follow-up I had for you, I know you mentioned the red zone offense and I know part of that in the fourth quarter, you're trying to run the ball, trying to make sure you just get time down, but is there anything else when you looked at the film that you identified that, okay, this isn't working in certain places that we needed to work on. And then this is also something we needed to improve on even more going forward. Yeah, we needed to run it better um, and more accurate. And um, uh, we, we had, we had some, some issues there we've got to take care of and uh, whether it's the play or the call at that time or, or the actual blocking part of it. So we, we've got to, we've got to tighten that up because uh, that deep, the defense that they're playing, uh, they're giving you that opportunity to do that. We'll ask to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey coach. Uh, I know you have much larger goals than this, but you secured a 10th consecutive winning season here in Kansas city on Sunday. Uh, sustained success in the NFL is the hardest thing to do. What's it mean to you that you've brought a decade of winning here to Kansas city now? Yeah, listen, I'm, I mean, it's an honor, first of all, to have, have an opportunity to coach here, um, just like it is for you guys to, to uh, write about the Chiefs. I mean, it's a, it's a great place to be, and it's a, it's a great time. So um, the, the main thing is when you're sitting in the seat I'm sitting in is you got to keep winning, right? So you, you don't sit back and, and rest on – on, on those things, Matt, I mean, you've, you've been around me and I'm, I'm kind of, okay, that's great. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go on to the next one. And uh, uh, the next one ends up being the most important one. So um, that, that's where we're at. But I, I, I don't want to slight the fact that it's, uh, you know, a lot of you guys are from Kansas City and proud of it. And, and so that's, uh, it's great to have a winning, winning program. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. All right, that's Andy Reid exclusively here on 610 Sports Radio at the end, uh, talking about, yeah, with the win yesterday, it is now 10 straight winning seasons guaranteed uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, 2012, long, long time ago uh, for this organization and for uh, for, for Chiefs fans. I, I wanted to talk more about Sky Moore, though, because I, I started earlier in the show and I said, look, this is not on Sky Moore anymore for the punt return game. It sounds like Andy Reid and the coach, that's exactly what, what they believe as well. I, I I don't like the only part where he said, we'll see still when he was asked about, like, what does it mean for Sky Moore's return? Like, to me, there should be no more we'll see, Nick. 
it, it, we've seen enough. Like you're right. It is on the coaching staff that, but Andy Reid's not going to make that decision I know, I know, I know. Uh, on behalf of his coordinator. I understand. Even I, if, even if privately he did tell Dave Tobe, like, Hey, can't have him back there again. I, I he's know. not going to say it. In the I press know, but you know, here's the, here's the only thing that was like, I thought that conversation would have happened three weeks ago. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I'm surprised by. And I you can say it did. and you can say that well Tony and Hartman are hurt. And they are. And so they didn't have a choice. Andy even saying that how comfortable Justin Watson looked back there. He, he mentioned it like twice in that answer. That's who should be back there until Tony and Hartman are ready to go. Give me a guy that can just catch it and looks comfortable. Justin Watson doesn't seem like uncomfortable when he's catching and fair catching it. The Skymore doesn't seem comfortable doing so. And again, Do you that's think why that's I, just because like Justin Watson didn't get any reps doing it. Like why? I think not everybody's not everybody's capable of doing that. No, we, but I'm asking, why do you think with the McColl and Kadarius Tony injuries, yeah. based off everything we've seen from Sky back there this year, he's given you every indication he is not capable. Yeah. Then why do you think they still put it? Like honestly, what yeah, was the the decision to put him back there? What went into that? I think last week against the Chargers looked great on offense. Confident, smiling, feeling good. And you know, okay, let's let's give you know what? Let's give another shot because we know have how special of a play player he can be. He can be explosive. So let let's try one let's try one more time. Greed, Nick. Like let's try let's try one more time here. Maybe because we know he, if you get him in space, man, he's he's great. And I think that's the answer. Do you honestly think he won't return another punt this year? God, do you believe it? Yeah. Do you believe? I know what you want. <laughs> do you believe it though? Yes, I think finally. Because what are they going to say? Are we going to sit here a third time after yes, after a loss? I think we will. We're going to sit here in an AFC Championship game and they lose because of a muff punt, and they're going to say, "Well, how, why did you go Can back?" Can you imagine to them? if that's the way the season ends? Sorry for putting it out there, but like that. That's but that's that's how that's how ridiculous it would be, Nick. I don't think you can sit up there a third time. Like we thought, just the third time would be the charm for him, you know. No, it's got to be done. And, and I said it before. Man. I said it before. Andy even said it. Like, it's not even Sky Moore's fault. I'm not even. Like, it's not meant to crush the kid. I think he's being a very good wide receiver in this league, but he's not a returner. And yeah, it isn't his fault. That's not who he is. He struggled at camp. They tried. They gave him even a second chance. It should be done. Over. Don't put him in that position anymore. It's honestly not fair to him anymore. Don't do it. Hopefully Tony and Hardman well, at get first back. We thought it was the only way to get him involved. Sure, but Nick, that was ten weeks ago. I know. You I know. know. Like, like now you should know by now. So no, like we we can't we cannot sit here in eight weeks in the playoffs or whatever and be talking about him being back there in another mistake and then be like, well, you know, we just we just thought one more. By the way, what, the first three times weren't good enough for you. Yeah, because this that that was the third fumble that he's had this year. So it would really be the fourth time. Because remember, sure. the first one happened in a losing effort. It happened in the Colts game when you yes. couldn't move the ball offensively. You can play this game all the time, but it wouldn't be that difficult for me to sit here and come up with an argument that the Chiefs win that game and they're sitting here mm-hmm. with just one loss on the season had he not back been back there at all this year. Yeah, you 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 got away with it yesterday. It potentially cost you a win earlier this season. You could not try a third time. You know, in terms of making the decision back. Well, yeah. I just think the fourth the reason why also, Nick, I, I really do believe they won't give him another chance is because Tony and Hardman aren't going to be out the rest of the season. You know, we know Hardman's on IR. Tony, it sounds like they're be you heard his answer. They're gonna be really cautious with this hamstring because that's an injury that Tony has had. 
in the past. So I don't, you know, it's not a sure thing. Tony's good to go Sunday. We'll have to wait and see as the week goes on. So do you think that once those guys come back, he goes back to being buried on the depth chart offensively because he's got five well, catches in each of the yeah. last two games. Yeah. So he's not going to probably end up with five catches, but because they, they maybe got a little bit more confidence in him with the offense that there might, there might still find a way to make sure he gets one or two touches a game. Whereas before you're like, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But no, like he's not going to get six targets a game once they have the full arsenal of Juju, McColl, Tony, and MVS. Hopefully they get. I mean, hopefully they get Tony back this week because one, it solves a couple problems. It it solves the the punt return debate, question, dilemma, whatever. That's done as soon as he's back. Well, Tony even did though, have a punt. Even he fumbled the punt uh, too. He, yeah, but yeah, it's different. It's different for him. <laughs> what? Because he hasn't done it three times. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the guy did it in college. So you're not trying to make something, you know, fit that doesn't fit. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with the, the situation with, with Sky Moore there. It's like, don't need, to, don't need to see it, especially when I know that Justin Watson can look as confident as he does doing it at this point in time. Like, it's not, it's not something that's a necessity whatsoever. Have we got a new update on Sean McVay? Are we good? Like, is he all right? Any update? You know, no, like, I, I'm, I've been uh, Fox hasn't constantly broken. refreshing okay. Schefter and Rappaport's Twitter account, and thus far, they have not given any. I don't know if the x-rays haven't come back yet, yeah, if he's going to yeah. be in for an MRI, but no update on the status of Sean McVay's face. Okay, I'm just making sure. I, it was a very, very serious injury yesterday that Tom Rinaldi and, and Greg Olson and Burkhart were, were reminding you us of. You would have thought so. he got decapitated. With the way that they spoke about him. We thought he was concussed. Would have thought, everybody knows him. I'm sure it hurt like heck. Uh, but you, yeah, you would have thought that was the most severe injury on the football field yesterday. The way they treated that on the broadcast. Like, Greg Olson was entertaining the idea that he might have to leave the game. He's like, well, he's still out there. <laughs> but we'll see if he has to get taken to the locker I'm like, are you kidding me? Unless, get taken to the locker room? Unless he collapsed and needed to be rushed off the field even if it was a torn ACL, he would have just sat on a stool the rest of the game and still coached. There's no scenario where Mike, or not Mike, didn't, Sean McVay wasn't going to be out there. Didn't Sean Payton tear a ligament or something a couple years ago, and they went and put him in a walking uh, boot, and he came right back out so. and finished the game? Probably. Like he was gone for 15 minutes, and then he came back out there and coached the game. If someone came in there in that student, you're, you're in a different room than me. We don't have the video stream going today. Uh, we'll blame it on Cody. Uh, he's not here, so it's his fault. Um, and someone and Rob from the afternoon show came in there and punched you in the side of the face. Other than it was an accident yesterday, and this we'll just pretend wasn't. Would you continue the show, even if it hurt? No. You you go home. Are you kidding me? If I got if I got assaulted at the workplace, <laughs> let's, okay, let's take out the assault part. <laughs> Accidentally, you were I going, have issues. I have bigger issues than the pain in my face. T- all right, terrible example by me. <laughs> let's let's say you were going to the door over there behind you, and you tried to open at the same time he did, and he slammed the door right into the side of your face and jaw, hurt like hell. You didn't break your jaw, but basically the same thing. Would you Would you leave work? I think I'd probably stay. You'd stay. Okay. I'd be. I'd complain a lot, and I would make a lot of excuses, but I would stay. <laughs> You'd milk it the whole show, though. Hell yeah. <laughs> and you make Rob feel awful. Are you kidding me? Well, I mean, I guess it's a, it's somewhat similar in that neither myself or Sean McVay expect to experience any sort of physical pain he throughout also, our day-to-day jobs. But his is, is a bit more of a physical environment than mine. Yeah, but let's also point out, he had, you know, great doc, like a great team doc right there that already cleared him and checked him out immediately for Sean McVay. Like, he had the team doctor look at his 
face or jaw or whatever. Like, yeah, you're good, man. You wouldn't have had. You would have still been able to milk it out and be like, I don't know. I got to. It could still be. It could still be broken. If I were Sean McVay, I would have blamed the loss on on the hit. Oh, well, they were done once that happened. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Yeah, even like I just couldn't really focus on the game plan after sustaining what was uh, a, a terrible blow. I mean, Sean McVay's on the TV shot. on NFL Network right now. He looks fine. Oh, they're, they're, of course, they're showing the replay of it now. I mean, this you thing. You know, that's the definition of just like a gritty, hard-nosed football guy. Sean McVay playing through pain. Someone said, Sean, uh, someone said with Sean McVay, do you think Nick was he, you know, we've, we've talked about uh, some, some things that you and him have in common. Mm-hmm. Not your looks. Oh. Um, but uh, other things. Do you think that that was needed after that performance? The text Are you lines, talking about certain substances the text that he may line, be ingesting? The, the, no, we don't, we don't do that. We don't do any. Uh, that was Cody's slander. allegations. That was, those were Cody's allegations. Yeah. But you don't think that was needed? It wasn't that painful? No, probably not. Probably not. But, you know, different people have different ways of coping with pain. So I'm not going to judge a, a man who is already has a Super Bowl title to his name. Do you think that was their way of, like, the game was so bad in terms of just being boring that they're like, we'll just milk this up because they didn't have much else? Because I, I, I probably, we, led, we led the show and talked about even I mean, Tom our Tom Rinaldi's doing cut-ins. That's what I'm saying. Greg Olson, they kept, they kept showing the replay. Greg Olson keeps talking about how he wonders if he's going to have to be removed. Like, how oh, they really went to it a lot. It was a feature of the uh, of the broadcast. And then I found out, and we'll get to uh, here in about 10 minutes, so we'll get to the wide receivers again. Though for Kansas City and, and Juju was back, which was nice to see. They clearly were, were limiting him, uh, trying to ease him back into action after the, the scary hit that he suffered, of course, a couple weeks ago. We'll get to that and what it says just about this offense and, and the production across the board here in about 10 minutes or so. Thinking of, of Cody, and yeah, people are upset. The stream's not up. We know the stream's not up today for video. Um, he bailed on you on Wednesday. Yeah. I didn't know it at the time. I honestly, I, I was, I appreciate you not calling me at all on Monday or Tuesday, or Wednesday. The last time I took off a couple of days, uh, during the holidays, you, you called me in the middle of the show. You didn't. So I have no idea what occurred on the show last week. For all I know, I've, I've repeated something you've said on Tuesday or Wednesday. All I know is I got multiple messages that said, uh, you don't know what happened. Do you? I said, no, they said, it was just Nick on Wednesday. He bailed. And then you, you filled me in and you said, this morning, I didn't know until this morning, that Cody had pink eye. Yeah. So commonly, uh, pink eye is known as conjunctivitis, which is the inflammation of the white part of the eyeball. It can be contracted uh, in various ways. Hmm. It is highly contagious. It can live on surfaces for up to 14 days. 14 days? 14 days, Well, then it's yeah. good he didn't come in. So why are we, well, yeah, it's good he didn't come into work. I wouldn't want him. That stuff yeah. would still, you're saying that would still be living in here? Well, nope. yeah, I mean, nope. if he touches his eye and then touches well, a microphone or a computer. Doesn't that happen a lot? I, w- I would think. I don't know. How often does, does somebody touch the, their eye over the a course lot. of the day? If it I itches, If it itches and is swollen, then maybe a little bit more. What is troubling is that I had Cody on the show on Wednesday. I made him call in and explain himself at the very beginning of the show. And I was questioning, you know, if the, if this was a legitimate illness. And you know, he assured me that it was. And I said, well, what about Thanksgiving? Because you know how Cody likes to talk about food, man. He's always talking about what he's baking, what he's making, all the different things he's going to make. He's posting it to Twitter, wants to show it off. He's hmm. a foodie. 
And he had talked all week about how he was making all the food for the Tap family Thanksgiving with all eight or nine of his siblings. He was making pumpkin pie. He was going to make pumpkin rolls. He had four or five different desserts okay. that he was going to be making. And I said, well, what about all these desserts? What about the Tap family Thanksgiving that you're supposed to be hosting at your house? Is it still on? And he said, nope, Thanksgiving's canceled. <laughs> I said, Thanksgiving's canceled. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't want to go over somebody's yeah. house if they're baking things and they got pink eye. Thursday morning comes around, and he couldn't help himself. He starts posting photos to Twitter of all the desserts he made for the Tap family Thanksgiving. Yeah, but was it just for his family that he was living with, like no. in his own house? No. It was for you the sure? entire Tap family. Would you eat it? What do you think? No. What is more troubling? No. Sharing a studio with someone who has pink eye who's six, seven, eight feet away from you at all times, and you guys aren't really touching the same equipment. You're just in oh, proximity actually, with no, him. Or would you rather eat a bunch of food prepared by the man with pink Here, eye? Here's the thing. Actually, they both are bad. I would still rather go the food route, though, if my choice. Because let's be honest. What do you think? The, the food. The, they can live baked. on surfaces for 14 days. Yeah, but like it's, it's baked. You, you're eating. Who's, who's pulling it out of the oven? Here's the thing. You're eating, the, you're eating, the, you're eating it though. It's going in your body. Yeah, but not my eye. <laughs> That's not how pink eye works, dude. It's not. I, I don't think he suddenly. I don't As think the chief he, medical expert, aren't you more concerned if he was using the microphone? Itches his eye. You don't use the same the, microphone as touches him. Touches the on and off. Yet yeah, we all open the same damn door, man. There's still the same door to get in and out of the studio. He's touching the studio. Well, as long as That's he just worse. sits there the whole show. That would fine. be way worse. I don't think it is. I still have questions as to how he contracted it. He says well, that so, he was. So do I. He was. I know he has kids, but yeah, he said he was touching, you know, his kids' eyes, trying to get eye drops in. But there's also like he still hasn't told us about the high school incident, so I don't expect him to give us. Yeah, the, that's the, the thing, man. Here. It's like there's another way. There's another way to contract pink eye, more traditional manner, some would say. Hmm. Okay. So I've well, got questions. Okay, so yeah, I was just confused because people were like, "Hey, Nick got bailed on 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 Wednesday's show. He's not there," and I was like, "I'm surprised Nick didn't text me." And all that, but okay, that makes some more sense. I can't wait. Cody will be back next week. I, we're, we're still going to ask him about this. Also, we're supposed to go to some holiday party of his on Saturday. You said it lives for fourteen days. Yeah. Hmm. Will that be fourteen days? I don't think. Not quite. Or will it be exactly fourteen days? Will you still go? I RSVP'd last night. I think you're invited. It's a bunch. Of I people. will not be there. Oh, you're out. Wait. I have this Saturday. I have, yeah, I have other plans. Huh. Family stuff. Okay. Family holiday party. That was before you knew about. Before you knew about the issue. That was before I knew about the okay. issue. Yeah, not not related. Okay. All right. Coming up next here on Cody and Gold, we will get into the wide receivers. I mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster. He was back, uh, and the production level from these wide receivers. What what actually matters and what doesn't. We'll, we'll tell you about that next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Week podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Nick Short with you. We'll get to the random question of the day here in about 10 minutes or so. I also saw the, uh, not surprisingly, numbers just came out from sports TV ratings for how Kansas City fared for the Black Friday match between England and, and USA in the World Cup. The number one rated market by percentage in the country when it came to watching that game. Kansas City was number one with an 8.85 rating uh, ahead of Hartford, Boston, Dallas, and D.C. Not Shouldn't surprise anybody. That's one of the many, many reasons why Kansas City is going to be hosting the World Cup in 2026 or having some of the matches, at least, in the World Cup in 2026. Uh, nobody's probably surprised by that. That game did massive ratings in general, and Kansas City usually fares very well. When it comes out, I would imagine tomorrow for USA and Iran going to be pretty good ratings, even though it's on a Tuesday. I'm sure the KC market will fare pretty well. We all see this the shots of of uh, the watch parties all across Kansas City as well. Uh, so we'll get to the, the random question of the day uh, in just a little bit. But they clearly, yesterday out at Arrowhead, were easing Juju Smith-Schuster back in. He, he was active uh, in the first half. He had about 15 snaps. He had three catches overall for the game for 38 yards. One was, was at the time you know, somewhat of an important catch, if you ever thought there was any doubt, I guess, uh, in, in that game. But three catches for 38 yards, and knowing he was coming off such a serious hit and a serious injury, concussion protocols, a guy that's had multiple concussions in his NFL career, I think it made a lot of sense. Like, get him back out there a little bit. You don't need him against that that quality of opponent uh, fully. You, you trust that other guys can produce enough, and then hopefully he's also just getting, getting acclimated again and ready to go for this coming week against the Bengals where on paper you would think you're going to, you're going to need to be full go at the wide receiver position, knowing that you're already down McCall Hardman. And we just heard from Andy Reid about 30 minutes ago at, you know, officially day to day for Kadarius. Tony is what, what they're saying with that hamstring injury. And they're going to be very cautious with that, but look at the spread of production in the game yesterday. And this has happened a couple times this season. 
Uh, nobody is spreading the ball around better than Andy Reid with his Chiefs offense and, of course, than Patrick Mahomes. And to the point where it's like, yeah, Mahomes is going to throw for over 300 yards just about every game. That's pretty much where we're at. Uh, Travis Kelsey, if he's not going to have over 100 yards receiving, he's probably going to at least have a touchdown. The guy's got 12 of them, 12 touchdowns already this season. And yesterday, you know, Kelsey gets four catches for 57 yards. But you go through the 10 receivers that caught the football yesterday. And none of it's crazy production from one individual guy. This is why Mahomes' season is so impressive. This is why this Chiefs offense is so difficult to match up with, why they're the best offense in football. Because you can go down the list of all 10 guys. I mentioned Kelsey, yeah, 457, most unguardable player in football right now, other than maybe Tyreek Hill. MVS, 456. Juju, I just told you, 3 for 38. Sky Moore gets you 5 for 36. Another 20 yards here, 20 yards there, 20 yards there between McKinnon, Fortson, and Watson. Oh, Ronald Jones is going to get you 22 yards. You get 17 in the passing game from Pacheco. Noah Gray is going to get you 16. Like 10 different guys just spreading it around all the way towards a performance where Mahomes ends up with 320 yards passing. What's most impressive about it is that he seems to have trust. And I'm not trying to just make this all about Mahomes, even though you could do it with every conversation. He seems to have trust in every single guy who's out there. Doesn't matter if you are the sixth string wide receiver the third string running back, the second string tight end, he seems to trust everyone the same amount because it's – look at MVS, for example. We, I know he has the reputation of just being like this deep go-route go guy who you maybe take a few shots with each game. Well, now all of a sudden, like I thought yesterday was as good as MVS has looked in a Chiefs uniform. He's making sideline, toe-tap, incredible grabs, and I know he it's can one, do, That one drop, yeah, yeah, He yeah. can do some of that, and he gives you a little bit of everything every single game but he's treating him like a number two receiver. He treats Jody Fortson like he would any other tight end. Like, he trusts these guys to make plays. Sky Moore, despite the fact that he hasn't been in this offense very long, last two games, you know, thrown to him about six times per game. He doesn't care if you're a rookie, what string you are. Like, everybody seems to be sort of ingrained into this offense in a way that you don't see very often with that many guys, at least. Yesterday, without... You know, really, I'll say full strength Juju, if that makes sense. I understand he was cleared, so he's full strength in that regard, but they clearly weren't having him out there as many snaps. So without that, uh, McCall Hardman's on IR. Uh, Kadarius Tony's hurt with the hamstring, and yet still 10 different guys contributed on offense. I mean, so they, they honestly, they have 12 or 13 guys that can actually contribute on offense they, if they wanted to, right? They're not going to, just because of where they're at with the injuries. Like those, That's how many guys have contributed in terms of the passing attack for this football team this year. And I know the plan in the offseason wasn't always to trade Tyreek Hill. We all know that. But they quickly shifted to a plan that they think could work. It was, you know, the training camp conversations. It was the uh, the the soundbite of Mahomes right before week one saying, you know, apologizing to fantasy football players, right? Because he's like, hey, it's going to be a different guy kind of spreading around every week. I don't know if, it's, you know, and look, if you got Travis Kelsey on your fantasy team, yeah, you're, you're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. All right, the guy's got 12 touchdowns and having a ridiculous season. And even if you have Juju, you feel pretty decent by what you've got there. But that plan of, hey, we're going to spread this around. You're not going to know for sure who's getting the ball. Yeah, we want to give it to Kelsey every time if we can, but we don't have to. If he's mad, if, you, if you're able, even though he's unguardable right now, those times we don't throw him the ball, we're fine with spreading it around, and that's going to make us more dangerous. I mean, I think that was the, the plan like in a perfect world, and we've seen that happen multiple times this year. You know, right away in week one, Right. That was right away after the Cardinals win. It was like, oh my gosh, they weren't kidding. 
this offense didn't miss a beat without Tyreek. And it's weird because we all know Tyreek Hill is an incredible player. He's having a great year. Offensive player of the year candidate, him and Justin Jefferson. One of those two guys is winning it. And we know what Miami's doing. Miami's got a chance to be the division champs out of the AFC East. But the Chiefs offense is far more unpredictable without Tyreek. And that's like all everything can be true about Tyreek and also what the Chiefs offense is now. I think I think it's you could have it both ways because if Tyreek Wolf were still here, I think there's a pretty good chance the Chiefs would still have the number one offense mm-hmm. in the NFL. You have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, there's a baseline that you're going to be great. But the removal of Tyreek, I think, has forced him to evolve the way that he processes and the way that he goes through a game. The same way, I think, if you watch Cincinnati yesterday and you've seen the way they've played the last month without Jamar Chase, I think you've seen them evolve a little bit. Joe Burrow's not just hanging back there for nine seconds on every play and chucking it downfield. He's taking more stuff underneath. He's doing more dump-offs. They're running the ball more. Offenses evolve in ways that you don't necessarily expect them to, but then you get to the end result and you say, well, this might actually be better. And in a weird way, like the unintended consequence, I guess, also of Tyreek not being here in a positive way, though, is like teams are playing them man-to-man more. And that's like a dream scenario as well for the Chiefs and for Mahomes. Like, so that's that's the weird part. Like, it's allowed that to be fully back again. Like, we're not having conversations this year, Nick, about the oh, the two high safeties and these teams are playing this way. Like that that how many have we talked about that at all this year? And yet you're right, they're the number one offense in in football. But it still happens. I mean, just look at yesterday. The Rams were actually with Brandon Staley as defensive coordinator. They were one of the first teams to start mm-hmm. doing that to some of the elite offenses. And look at what happened yesterday. Go look at the average yards per reception. There were no big chunk explosive no, again, plays. No, nobody had over 57 yards receiving. And the biggest the biggest play of the game would have been the Kelsey touchdown, right? Which was Correct. effectively a, a blown coverage. So I look at all these receivers, 10 of them that caught receptions. None of them were big chunk plays downfield. You may not be as explosive as you were, but you're just as efficient as you've ever been, and you're getting more yards after the catch than you ever have. It's weird because it didn't, it didn't feel like they had a ton of play, but like if we're just going by over 20 yards, right? that was the number we had looked at, like big pass plays, 20 or 25. They, they had, it's weird because it was so spread out. They actually did have quite a few over 20 yesterday. It's just it wasn't to one game. They had so many different guys. That's why the yardage totals are where they're at. Like Mahomes to Kelsey, you're right, Nick, was the loss, 39 yards. That was the touchdown. MVS had a 23-yard gain. Uh, Ronald Jones on his one catch, 22 yards. MVS had another one for 21 yards. Jody Fortson was 21 yards. Uh, Sky Moore's was, you know, 18 yards. Like, so they, they actually had a couple of them over 20 yards yesterday, despite the way the Rams were playing, despite the, the red zone struggles and everything. But it's just, it was just so many different weapons that nobody stood out to where it was like, oh man, that guy had 115 yards receiving. Like that, but that's what makes them scary. That's what makes it fun. That's why they're the number one offense in football and why we're not sitting here in the middle of the season uh, upset about what Tyreek Hill is doing and what the Chiefs aren't because and we're talking they're about both this having on great off, years. On an off day, right? Yeah. Where you scored 26 points. You had over 400 yards of offense. You had 29 first downs. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes threw for 320 yards, and we're saying, oh, man. Oh, yeah, and they won by 16, Nick. <laughs> yeah, it's a boring win. They won by 16 points in the NFL. All right, let's get to the random question of the day. Random question. All right, random question brought to you by the window source of KC. So I was uh, I was in Manhattan on Saturday night uh, for the Sunflower Showdown, uh, and we'll talk, I promise, later on in the week about K-State's opportunity on Saturday 
uh, in the Big 12 title game. They will get TCU a second crack at them. Obviously, K-State had TCU on the ropes earlier this season, then some injuries happened, and I think there's a lot of people that will look at that and say, hey, K-State's got a great chance uh, to win this game on Saturday. And I think they do, despite TCU being the undefeated team and trying to, to get to the college football playoff. And we, we will talk later on the week about the ramifications with that and the ramifications also just now with bowl season, it looks like maybe KU and MU are going to end up facing each other. Uh, so I was in Manhattan for Sunflower Showdown. Obviously, KU lost 14th straight game to the Wildcats. And before I ask this question, because I don't want K-State people getting all upset, I'm not complaining about anything. Um, I, 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 before I even get to the question, the Shamrock Zone area that you guys have out there in Manhattan, it's like only a year old. It's awesome. It's fantastic. It's like the new new area, Nick, they have in the end zone, and it's it's incredible. It looks Why like is you're it called a, the Shamrock Zone? I believe it's uh, Shamrock, either not family, but maybe like a company or something. I'm not sure. It's not, it's, yeah, it's not anything else. It's somebody, it's whoever donated some. Okay, I thought it was like an Irish thing. No, that's what I thought, but I no. Like, what I, am I it's, missing it's, here? It's, it's either like a construction company or a family. Anyway, somebody that donated money, right? Uh, they can, they'll call it the short thing if you all of a sudden are, want to donate $10, $10 million or something. Okay. Um, anyway, so really, it looks like you're almost in a mini sports book. So it's, they have like a club level, but the gigantic TVs that they have, you've, it, it's honestly nicer than some sports books, just in that particular instance. So it's a cool area. Anyway, we're in our seats and everything. So the reason why I preface it with that is had a great time. 99.9% of people were welcoming and friendly and all that. I bring up this question because it just has to do with what's the most obnoxious thing someone has done to you or you've done at a sporting event. I bring mm. this up because um, there was some lady like back to our left throughout the entire first quarter. I was wearing a KU hoodie. And I w- I'm not, if I go to an opposing team's stadium, I'm definitely not the loud, obnoxious guy. Like, I'll clap and stand on the touchdown. Like, I wouldn't, I'll be, I'd even wave the damn wheat after the touchdown, all right? I was pretty low-key. And this lady's chanting, like, FBI, FBI throughout the entire first quarter, which at first I thought, all right, whatever. Wait, is she chanting at you? At me? Oh, yeah, at me. So oh, yeah. everything is targeted specifically I'm the only at you. We're in the, this, this area we were at, we're in the, like, you kind of have your own little, they call it, like, loge box thing. And so, like, you're in your own area. And I, was, I think I was the only KU person because I, I went with some K-State friends. And... So, yeah, it was definitely directed at me. So that was the first quarter, like, whatever. It continued in the second quarter, and I was like, you know, the FBI investigation's over. That's all I said, right? And then uh, then it became the chant that I really don't get, Nick, was cheaters never win except KU. This woman chants it to How me. How old is this woman? In her f- probably mid-40s, late How 40s. How much did she had to drink based she off, had, your, based I, off for her, your For her sake, I hope she, was, I hope she was drunk. So that continued. She seemed drunk, though? Or just crazy. I don't know, man. Like, and so then eventually. How close is she to you? Well, this thing, first far away. So like, whatever, you can ignore it, right? Ignore it, whatever. I can handle being heckled, whatever. Then in the fourth quarter, once she was confident that K-State was going to win, because there was like for maybe a split half second, like, oh, maybe it'll be a one possession game. Sure. Then K-State kicked, kicked KU's ass in the fourth quarter. The game was over. So then she would proceed to come right behind us and yell in our ears the very thing, which by the way, the saying still makes no sense to me today. Cheaters never win except KU. One KU was losing in the game, and also wait because that get almost it. seems like it's a compliment. Yeah, I didn't like I you didn't. guys have found a way to do what nobody else has been able to do. Yeah, so I, I so I have no idea. So she comes over, and finally she wouldn't like she, she, like it's one th- she just came right and yelling. Don't ear. tell me you punched this woman. <laughs> no, what? No. All I did is I pulled out my phone for five seconds, and I didn't even like just to act like I was recording, and she stopped, and that was it. That was a simple solution. She did stop. She, I showed you the thing. She stopped. But you do have, you did show three me a seconds. very brief video. Three seconds. And in the, I would tell you what, in three the seconds. three second video, 
I was like, okay, how bad could this woman have been? I was so annoyed. Because she's like, it's, she's screaming. Oh, she was so annoyed. Again, and I and I, I truly mean it's like 99.9% of the people there. In fact, we were sitting in the area before the game. Like People were coming up saying like, welcome to Manhattan. Yeah. So it was a great Dude, experience. I've been to, I've been to State, so many yeah. games there, and I've yeah. never once been heckled. Maybe a few I, people in the parking lot will say something to you. But yeah, like, this is not about K-State fan. That's not what I'm trying. I'm just honestly, I, so like the random question, like what's the most annoying thing you've done at a game? Because this lady was annoying as hell. Most annoying thing you've done or had done to you. Yeah, see, I don't really, I'm the same way. Like, I'm not as much, as much like trash talking I'll do. I'm not doing it at the game where people are drinking and liable to like pop off and (laughs) punch you in the face. So like, I really try not to do that unless it's someone I know. Because I will, like a lot of times I'll go to a K-State game with K-State friends or things like that. Like I've been to Texas Tech games with my buddies who went to Tech. I've never done it to a stranger, man. I'm not trying to get. I don't get it. Sucker yeah. punch. I don't. I don't get that. Like, I, it's a funny line or two. That's nobody cares about. Like, but just the yeah. It was. It was just. It was kind of funny. Someone says, uh, "I'm an OU fan. They went to Manhattan, got cornered in the bathroom by some old man before the game was interrogating him about going to the SEC." That's just not okay. I don't care what the topic is. <laughs> don't corner is. in the bathroom. Don't, don't corner in don't the bathroom. Don't corner anybody in the bathroom. Actually, don't. you know what? For that matter, don't corner anyone anywhere. <laughs> You're not the police. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do that. See, so, it's. I think it's more likely to happen at NFL games, oh, don't you? There's a fight every Chiefs game. Yeah. I mean, why do you think every that NFL is? game? Why do you think that is? For NFL, because I think college fans yeah. are more rational than pro fans. I agree. Well, maybe in the SEC it's different than the Big Twelve because I agree with you. You would think. I think if you were in the SEC, we probably have. We would say the SEC is just as bad. But when you see the videos on Twitter or whatever throughout the weekend, you always see videos from NFL games. You don't often see them from college games. No, I, I just I would compare the SEC closer to the NFL atmosphere in that regard. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Like, I don't. Every NFL stadium, you're right. It happens. I, I think. Look, they tailgate at K State, they tailgate or wherever. But in the NFL, especially at Arrowhead, people are. It's a noon kickoff. People are there at six a.m. 5.30 in the morning. And drinking during drinking. the game. And before, drinking before during, and during. That's, yeah. I mean, that's the answer, right? I mean, that's that's Probably. ultimately what it is. Anyway, that's the uh, the random question. Yeah, I don't think that. I've ever... The only time I felt like I was going to get into a fight at a game was when I was younger. I was in high school at the KU-Missouri game in uh, the last one they played at Arrowhead, and KU lost. And I wasn't saying anything. We were walking or walking down the... What do they call that? That big spiral? You walk uh, I, yeah, uh, Whatever. Not turnstile, but yeah. I know what you mean. Um, yeah. And some Mizzou fan was just like behind us saying, like, we kicked your ass, man. And I'm a kid. This guy's a grown man. And I was like, yeah, you did. Yeah. And he just kept saying it and he kept getting closer to me. And eventually, like, my older cousin I was there with kind of had to get in his face and be like, okay. Someone said they had a buddy out of theirs handing out tissues to Bronco fans at Arrowhead after the game. Just standing out there, like, at least that one's not as verbal. It's like, eh. You- Holding Oof, tissues yeah. on the on the on the way up the step. That at least is one you could just laugh about and move on. It's not a like heckle. There's a fine line between giving you know some I, friendly I'll banter honest, versus like this is really getting under someone's skin. This is leaning in though to to what Fesco's accused you of though. Um, I will admit, like I think it would it would not out of everybody on this show. Cody's gone today. I would still choose you most likely to get in a fight at a sporting event. You. I don't disagree with that, but I'm just telling you, I value my personal safety too much. I, okay. I've seen too many other fights. Oh yeah, Again, to want to get in one myself. Someone said they had a buddy at a Chiefs game throw a Steelers terrible towel over the upper deck ledge. Fight broke out. 
they, he wasn't removed, but it still have the secondhand embarrassment from it at that point. So, so you, you grabbed the person's, was it there? You grabbed their terrible talent and threw it over the ledge. Yeah, that'll, that'll probably cause a, cause a fight or two. That makes sense. See, it's just unnecessary. Grabbing someone else's quote unquote property. That, that'll, uh, man. that'll, that'll probably do it. That is the, uh, the random question. Of the day coming up in about 10 minutes, we'll get to the rookies that were on full display for the first time uh, all together and really what it meant and means for the draft going forward of the last couple of years and what it means for this organization. But I know we were just talking about uh, how great the, the variety of production was for the Chiefs offense. The one thing I think we all are frustrated with out of yesterday is the red zone offense, though, right? One, one of six in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns, uh, trick plays inside the five that seemed somewhat unnecessary. I, I'm not concerned that this is going to be a recurring theme for the Chiefs because let's not think that one game out of a now 12-week NFL season actually is more important than the prior weeks of evidence, right? I mean, it was frustrating yesterday. It was ridiculous how many field goals they had to settle for. But this was the second-best red zone defense in football they went up against. I think they were fourth before the game, the Rams were, and now they're the second-best. And it's the Chiefs offense that's sixth in the NFL in red zone touchdown percentage. So I'm not going to let the one game of mistakes, the rare pick that Mahomes had there in the red zone is a bad pick. And a defense that's been really good against it all year make me suddenly think that they have a red zone problem. They can't go one for six against Cincy on Sunday. We all know that. That, that just cannot happen. And honestly, does anybody think it is? I mean, deep down, be honest with yourself. No, there's no way you're that concerned that you think suddenly red zone touchdowns are a problem for this offense. Come on now. Well, look, yesterday was just a weird day in that regard. And the Rams are very, it's what they do best. So this is from Andy Hutchins on Twitter last night. He said that Isaiah Pacheco got 11 touches at or within the Rams 27 yard line on three consecutive drives, including eight straight touches on the last drive. And the Chiefs got two field goals out of it. So let me ask you this. If it's the AFC championship game and the Chiefs are playing the Bills, do you think inside the 27-yard line, Isaiah Pacheco is going to get 11 touches? I don't. I think they're going to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands and say, go make a play. You're our superstar quarterback. Yesterday was an anomaly. You had had Colin Saunders, (laughs) your nose guard, coming in the game. The Rams call a timeout. And you come back out there and you still got another trick up your sleeve when you do the toss to Sky Moore who throws it back and you try to hit Kelsey in the end zone. The Chiefs were trying stuff yesterday. It was evident they were going outside of the box a little bit because it was the Rams and they wanted to either A, try some stuff out in a low-pressure situation or just get some stuff on film so that they can use it against opponents that actually matter later in the season. That last part might be true. I mean, I, I, I think even on this coming Sunday against Cincinnati, like I don't think it means flat out the Chiefs aren't going to have some, you know, trick up their sleeve uh, per se against Sensi. I think, I think they might in the, in the red zone as well. I just think to your point where you led that was with the need to go out and like let Mahomes make the play. I think even if you're Mahomes, you know, if it's an AFC title game and you're scrambling to the side, like you're w- more willing, of course, to stay in, you know, even little things like you're more willing to stay in mounts maybe, and even take that hit because it's a, is a playoff game versus in this game, like, there's no reason to make any play that puts yourself in more jeopardy down, or anything like that. You're down two starting receivers. You're down a starting running back. You're down your starting left guard. Yesterday was a low-leverage game against a really bad team that's not going anywhere. It was the biggest spread of the NFL season. 
I don't think you attack that game with yeah. the same level of intensity that you would next week against the Bengals. All eyes will certainly be on the red zone efficiency against Cincinnati on Sunday. Fair for sure. But one for six, as frustrating as that was, I don't, I don't think you should be panicking uh, considering what the Chiefs have been in the red zone all year and, of course, what the Rams actually had been defensively in the red zone. Up next, though, the rookies were on full display. It's another reminder of the track record right now for Brett Veach. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs' red half hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.